Hey there, and welcome to the Money Malpractice Podcast, where we dive into the most important issues and strategies that physicians face when it comes to their money. Today, we're going to be discussing how to navigate a bear market and how those who can separate their emotional response from market loss and include data-driven decision-making usually end up in a better position over the long haul. But first, let me emphasize that this podcast is designed to be educational in nature, but is strictly for your entertainment purposes only. So please contact your financial advisor to discuss any of the ideas or strategies mentioned today before acting on them. If you do not have a fiduciary financial advisor, I invite you to reach out to me for a complimentary financial evaluation, and I'll see if I might be able to get you started down your road to financial freedom. So with that out of the way and without any further ado, let's jump in and get started with episode four of the Money Malpractice Podcast. So today I just want to look at the current bear market that we're experiencing and you know as of this recording the S&P 500 is down roughly 20% on the year and many of the other indexes are struggling just as bad or even worse and so many people have seen a very steep drops in their investments whether it's inside your 401k a 403b or maybe an IRA that you manage yourself or somewhere else that you have investable assets. If you didn't move to cash or something safe early on in 2022, you probably noticed a quite a precipitous drop in that investment account. And so today I just want to walk through some of the information that we know about markets in general, what we expect moving forward, and really what's the best way of navigating a bear market like we're doing right now. So To start our conversation off, I really want to look at what I call the power of pain. And, you know, speaking to doctors about this is probably going to resonate more than many other professions because you as a profession have chosen a calling that essentially surrounds yourself with pain and suffering by choice because your calling is to help those in need and to provide some sort of comfort or healing throughout that that process of suffering. And so you know a lot about pain and you know that there's power in pain. There's power in suffering and pain can cause people to act irrationally or make regrettable decisions. So unfortunately, not only in life or not only in physical pain or emotional pain, but uh, the pain that we suffer from anxiety of watching our investments go down is no different. And and the unfortunate part is that many folks make the irrational, excuse me, irrational and regrettable decisions based on that pain, based on that emotional response, rather than looking at the data and making a well-grounded decision with their portfolio. So knowing how your patients might react to pain Keep that in mind and make sure you're not making the same mistakes. When it comes to investing, we want to make sure that we're looking at the data just like you do. We want to make sure we're following best practices just like you do You know, throughout your day when you're making diagnoses or when you're you know, working through um, certain 
certain medical issues of your patients, you're going to look at the data. You're going to do what has worked best for most people in the past. This is what all of that training has instilled upon you is that there's a way and a protocol for following and, and making the best decisions for your patients. And so when it comes to investing, we need to look at the same thing. So these market sell-offs that we see, you know, if you were to look at the S&P 500 over the last five years and just look at, at the line, it goes up and it goes down, it goes up and it goes down. But what you would notice is that the downs are more precipitous, more steep of a decline than the growth. So when the, when the line is going up, it's more of a slow and steady growth than a precipitous growth. On the flip side, when the markets are going down, they tend to go down a lot quicker. You know, why is that? Ultimately, the data doesn't change that much. You know, with these companies that we're investing in, when we buy stocks and, and bonds and, and mutual funds and other things, the company's value certainly don't go up and down as quickly as the markets would indicate that they do. But What's happening when these precipitous drops happen is the general populace is getting scared. So again, it's the fear factor. It's the pain factor. Fear is going to motivate more than optimism. And so there, it's not an equal uh, balance of power, so to speak, driving our markets. What we see is when things start to go down, people get scared and they jump out and cause a sell-off, and that sell-off leads to a precipitous drop in the markets. And we're experiencing that right now, even though it feels like it's a, a little bit more of a gradual decline than, say, well, certainly more than the, what we saw in 2020, uh, more so than what we saw probably at the end of 2018, which would have been our most recent two sell-offs in the market. But what we're experiencing is going to turn around. We know that from the history of the stock market. Unless the entire world collapses here, which I don't expect it to do, you know, we are going to see a market turnaround. We just don't know exactly when. The idea then becomes how do we avoid making mistake that's going to hurt us in the long run? And studies have shown actually that most people, when they're managing their 401ks themselves and, and, deciding to jump out of the market or get into the market, most people make the wrong decisions at the wrong times. Most people get out of the market too late and they get back into the market too late, causing them to actually hurt their investment portfolios over the long run. And so that's what we're here to talk about today is to make sure that we're not making these um, emotional responses. If we got to this point and we have never, and we haven't moved anything into a more conservative position, I honestly don't think now's the time to do that. I think that, um, you know, we might not have reached the bottom yet, but if we try to get out and time this thing, by the time the thing swings back up and we get back in, we're probably going to end up causing more harm than, than not. Not a guarantee. You know, I'm not saying that I know when the bottom is going to hit. Uh, we may have already done that, and we're actually in the middle of a little bit of an upswing here in the last couple of days. But that doesn't mean that the long-term market um, speculators out there are saying that now this is it. It could be, but it might not be. So I'm not going to sit here and make guesses about it, and you shouldn't either. And that's the idea behind making uh making a strategy that's not going to be driven by emotional response. So here at Physicians Financial Design, 
we use formulaic strategies to help our clients eliminate some of that emotion from investing. I know, I know that whenever we're invested, we're always going to have losses somewhere along the lines. Even the best investors in the world know that they're going to get some losses in order to make some gains. That's just the way that investing works. Unless you're in very low volatility, low upside type of investment, you're always going to suffer some sort of loss along the way. That's okay. As long as we can separate that emotion that it might cause us during that time. And remember that we're going to make bad decisions if we use that emotion to drive our decision making process. So, you know, again, um, using a formulaic strategy helps us to make use of the data that's out there and follow a protocol regardless of whether it feels right at that time or not. Imagine telling your patient that you're going to make a guess because it, you don't think that the best practices protocol that's out there is, you don't think it's going to work. You don't know why, but you just have a gut feeling that it's not going to work for you. I'm sorry. We're going to take a guess at your diagnosis. or We're going to take a guess at the best treatment plan rather than following that best practices protocol that's out there. How would your patient feel about that? I'm guessing that that's probably going to add some anxiety and it's probably not going to be the, in the best interest of your, of your patient. And so we like to separate that when we do our in investing here at Physicians Financial Design by using some formulaic strategies that have proven to work over the long haul. Not to say that we don't see losses sometimes along the way, but generally speaking, we are going to beat uh, the major index indexes when we look back over the data over the long haul, just because, you know, we've, we've making those professional decisions based on data and not based on our, our gut feelings. So, you know, one of the things that I like to uh, talk through with my clients is thinking about the long haul. What type of statistics do we know? What kind of data is out there that helps us to rationalize a little bit some of these losses and take some of the anxiety out of it? Um, one of the things that I like to do is look at the S&P 500. So this is, again, if, you, if you're not aware, the S&P 500 is a major index that we use to gauge the total stock market performance. And in the last 50 years, that index has experienced a loss in roughly one out of every four calendar years. So from January 1 to December 31st of any given year, one out of four times, we're going to see a negative number at the end of that year. So this shows quite a bit of volatility. If you're going to get in the market for one year, there's a 25% chance that you're going to lose money. Now, what we do know then is as we expand our time horizon and look at longer periods of time, say a five-year period, now the chances of losing money over that five-year period are substantially lower. So if we look at the last 80 overlapping five-year periods, so for back to 1941, we can go back and look at every preceding five years as a new five-year period. And in those 80 periods that we have can look at, there's only eight of them where there's been loss. So now we've gone from one out of every four to now one out of every 10. So there is still a chance that over a five-year period you could lose money, but that chance has been diminished to roughly 10% based on that data. So the point is this, the longer you stay invested, the better chance you're going to have of making money in the long run. And so if you're making short-term 
short-term adjustments in your investment strategy, you're probably going to hurt yourself in the long run. And there's a saying out there that goes something like this. I'm probably going to butcher it, but basically short-term emotions ruin long-term plans. And if if you're making a snap decision on your investing, you probably are going to hurt yourself in the long run. So that's what we're going to try to avoid. A great example of long-term investing here, if we look at a couple different five-year periods and combine them into a 10-year period, we're going to look at 2005 through 2014. During this period of time, obviously the first um, five-year period would go from 2005 to through 2009. And during that time, if you remember, 2008 was one of the worst years in the history of our market. It was the beginning of a recession in our country. It was a very tough time for a lot of people. Some people lost 50% of their investable assets because that's ultimately what the stock market did from the end of 2007 to the end to the beginning of 2009. So about a 16 month period there. The S&P 500 lost about 50%, 5-0. So imagine working your entire life and then being invested totally in the markets during that time and then losing half of what you've earned. It's not a great feeling. The problem is that for those folks, they probably shouldn't have been invested to that degree at that point in their time. But if they were younger and they did experience that, if they would have stayed the course, here's what would have happened. Over that five-year stretch from 2005 to 2009, they would have suffered a total loss of 8%. Even with that 50% decline in there, the other gains in all the other years and all that time leading up to that would have only led to a total of 8% loss. Okay. Now when we move on to the next five years from 2010 to 2014, we saw gains of a total of 85%. And put those two five-year periods together then, and you're looking at an account that made 70% over a 10-year period. That's an average of 7% a year of gains, even though we had a 50% deduction in that value halfway through that period. And so, again, it's not to say that we're not ever going to suffer losses, but over the long haul, generally things will work out. Now, if you don't have a long haul, in place, if I mean, if you are looking at retiring in a couple of years, or if you've got money set aside for a different goal that is a time horizon shorter than five years, we better look at figuring out a way to protecting that because we want to make sure it's there in that time period when we need it. If you have money set aside to send your kids to college, we want to make sure it's there when they start college, and that may be in a couple of years. So let's take a different strategy than our retirement accounts that we're going to use to fund our retirement in, say, 15 or 20 years. And that's where a fiduciary financial planner comes in. We look at strategies for every aspect of your financial picture. We're going to break down everything from your insurance, from your real estate holdings, to your other holdings, to your liabilities, to uh, best ways to reduce taxes, and all of these things that that play into a strategy that, quite frankly... You know, people who try to do that on their on their own end up making mistakes. And when you make those costly mistakes, you end up losing more money than if you would have just paid somebody to handle that stuff for you. So I would encourage you as as the underlying tone to this entire podcast today, encourage you to find a fiduciary financial planner that you're comfortable with, 
that will work with you to take a look at your entire financial picture to formulate a plan and who uses strategic and formulaic investing to take some of this emotion out of what's happening inside our portfolios currently. So if you don't have a fiduciary financial advisor, I invite you to reach out to me. You can just shoot me an email. Our website is physiciansfd, as in physicians financial design. So physiciansfd.com. And my email is simply blaze, B-L-A-I-S-E, at physiciansfd.com. If you have any questions about your 401ks, your 403bs, other investments, if you have insurance questions or ways you're thinking about you're managing your student debt, any of these things that we work through with our physician clients, those are things that we talk about every single day and we're experts at. So please reach out, blaze at physiciansfd.com, and we'll have a conversation, see if I might be able to help you or you know even give you some free advice. Sometimes that's all that it takes to send you on your way and you're off and running. So uh, don't hesitate to use that. But, um, you know, for now, underlying theme here, make sure that we are utilizing strategic investing over emotional investing. Keep ourselves from making those mistakes that are going to hurt us in the long run. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Money Malpractice Podcast. I do want to remind all our listeners that this podcast is designed to be educational in nature, but it is strictly for entertainment purposes only. So, Please contact your fiduciary financial advisor to discuss any of the ideas or strategies mentioned today before you act on them. If you don't have a fiduciary financial advisor, again, I would like to invite you to reach out to me for a complimentary financial evaluation, and I'll see if I might be able to get you started down your road to financial freedom. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, keep saving lives and keep saving money.